When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. And happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope you all enjoyed your weekend, had a lot of rest. It is now spring. Stuff should be warm, but it's not. We'll have that discussion later. But you all, today's guest is so funny. We have Sean McLaughlin, aka Jack Septiguy, who is really, really cool and really, really funny. So if you don't know who he is, buckle up because he is hilarious. Like he's known for his interactive gameplays, his celebrity interviews, and his coffee, which we delve into. You all, he cracked me up so much. This is such a funny interview. He is hilarious. So if you like video games, if you like interviews, if you like coffee, if you're nosy, this episode is for you. So grab a pen, grab your phones, grab whatever, and listen up, take notes, because this one is really, really good. And Sean, welcome to our show. How are you? Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Um, but before we get started, we always like to do um, the question of what the term young influential means to you. And there's no right or wrong answer. It can be as bleak or as expanded as you want it to be. <laughs> young influential. That means that I have no good opinions, but I get to influence everybody about them. I get to have no brain and everyone listens to me. <laughs> Dead. I think... I don't know. I mean, it depends on who you are, I guess. For me, it's just about trying to leave a decent mark on the planet now that I've been given a voice to kind of like amplify across the entire internet and trying not to mess up and trying not to lead anyone down a wrong path and just try not to get in trouble, you know? <laughs> Honestly, but what is what is life if you don't bend a little bit of the rules? You know? Yeah, but on such a massive scale that I have, bending the rules... <laughs> <laughs> can break the rules a bit too quickly but yeah within limits you know just having fun but not doing anything messed up <laughs> you know controlled chaos controlled chaos exactly. as I like to call it <laughs> um but now rewinding before we get into like all the cool stuff you're up to now mm. like take us back to 
Sean childhood? Like, were you always into entertainment games and all that stuff? Or how did that like buzz come about? I think, well, I grew up in a incredibly small town. So there was only 600 people in my entire village where I was. And I, which is smaller than most rooms that I've been in uh, <laughs> doing this job. And I think growing up in that sort of atmosphere uh, helped me sort of stay grounded to the world and made me like understand people a bit better, uh, even if I didn't know it back then. But I was definitely really into games. I think I got a PS1 when I was like seven. Uh, which now that I think about it, I was very, very lucky to be able to get that. <laughs> and <laughs> I I kind of lost my entire life into games at some points. Probably probably too much so now that I think back on it as well. But now I can just call it on-the-job training before I knew what I was doing. And I I think because I grew up in such a small town, I didn't really have that many people around me. And I didn't really get to see much of the wider world. Games are like a really good excuse to kind of get lost in all these other worlds that were out there so i was heavily into them growing up and then i mean i come from the generation of no internet when we were kids and i had no phone my first smartphone i got when i was 21 so i'm like a boomer by most standards <laughs> at this point we don't judge here <laughs> yeah and i i mean i didn't grow up with much money um my family weren't didn't come from any sort of money at all either so any of the things that i got i was very grateful for when i got them and I think not having a phone and that kind of thing and not having the internet, because other people who were in my class and other people who were in my generation as well, all had phones and all had the internet and were all doing things that I just couldn't do and I didn't understand. And then I didn't get the internet until I was 17 in our house. So I'd, I had a lot to learn about it, like way later in my life compared to these days. And I think I'm kind of glad that my life was sort of divided that way, where my childhood was a bit more... Uh, outdoorsy and a bit more removed because growing up I think I would have been miserable with the internet I think I would have lost myself in it and gotten addicted to it and not really done any of my homework or <laughs> I wouldn't have got along with people in class because I would have just relegated myself to people online and just knowing how my brain works I know that it wouldn't have been good for me it's barely good for me now <laughs> <laughs> and the no it's so true like I remember when I, I'm trying to think. I think the first game system I got was like a N64, then a PS1. And I just remember, I mean, I was one of those kids neglected all homework and just played like Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah. All those games, like all day, like did not. I would wait till like, I think probably like the bus or the ultimate, ultimate last minute to do homework because I was just so just into just games and all that stuff. So I completely yeah. get that. <laughs> yeah, I begrudgingly did all my homework. And then any math homework I did the next morning because I just had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Honestly, after math, it's like after five, it just, it just, it gets complicated and downhill. Like what yeah. is six and seven? I, what is that? I've never, is that? No one's ever used math in real life. Come on. Like only math we need is if like they're saying extra 50% off of games, yeah. coffee, or, paying taxes. or other reliable <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> other stuff like that yeah i just need to know how much money the tax man is taking from me at the end of every year <laughs> that's all i need to use percentages for <laughs> but i feel like you're kind of i don't like to call because we're we're like the same age i don't like to call us like ogs because we can sound old mm -hmm. but like how did you venture into like youtube like i feel like you're one of the originals so like how did I, how did you decide to be like you know what i'm gonna venture down this thing called youtube like 
was it a process or what made you interested? Yeah, I feel I feel weird because I feel like an imposter. People always call me one of the OGs now, which when I showed up on the scene, everyone was like, no, these are the OGs. You're new. We don't like you. And now enough time has gone by. Everyone's like, man, Jack's such an OG on the platform. I'm like, I'll take it, man. Uh, I, I got into doing it when I was like 18. Well, not, not I, I wasn't getting into doing YouTube myself when I was that age. I, I started seeing what YouTube was when I was around that age, when I got the internet and started kind of diving into it. And I, it was, I mean, super early on. Uh, my account itself is technically from 2007. So I had the Jacksepticeye name and everything done by then because it was just a nickname that I had growing up. And then I I didn't have any like logo or anything. It was just there to comment on videos and to watch videos and to like videos that I was into. And because I was so into games, I would watch other people play games and get really good at them. And then um, I started finding out that people were able to do it as a job. And that kind of surprised me because I always thought about that like... I saw people do it so dedicatedly that I thought you must be getting paid out of this somehow. You can't just be doing all of this in your free time and your spare time. And then I found out that people were getting paid to do it. And that kind of like blew the doors open for me to realize, I mean, I, I went into it never expecting to do it as a job and I didn't, I didn't start it because it could be a job, but it definitely kind of made me a bit more interested in it and realized that people could dedicate so much time to it and it could turn into something else. So because I was miserable and I was depressed and I had left college when I was like 21 and I didn't really know what else I was going to do with my time, I was playing a lot of games in my spare time anyway. And then I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll try this out and I'll see what I can do. And because I found a sense of community in other people's channels and I finally felt like, oh, there's people out there who like games as much as I do because none of my friends in real life did and nobody I ever talked to liked them as much as I did or they would like them as kids and then grow out of them. And I thought, man, am I just weird for still playing them in my early twenties? <laughs> like, is this, is this a condition that I have? <laughs> and then finding out that other people were doing it as much. And not only that, but guys were like doing it for money and doing it as their jobs. And it wasn't weird. And it was, it wasn't like the quirky thing to do anymore. And I thought, man, that's so cool. And I, I thought, well, all these other people are into this community and I'm into it as well, but I, I kind of want a bit more out of it. So I started making my own community to be like, well, I like all these different types of games. Maybe other people will watch me and like these types of games as well. And I just started doing it as a depressed, like 22 year old who had no other prospects in life, having left college and didn't know what I was doing with my life. And I kind of got into it that way and started finding people who liked it as much as I did and I mean, early on, you don't really have that many people watching your content, but it was nice to see like, oh, 10 people showed up and watched my video today. And even if they hated it, it was great to know that other people out there were at least searching for this stuff online like I was. So I felt less weird doing it. Um, and I mean, now it's just the, the go-to thing for everybody to do. Everyone knows what YouTube is. Everyone knows what an influencer is. Everybody's able to go on YouTube and see thousands of people all doing it as their job. So it's kind of cool to see how far it's come in the sort of 10 years that I've been doing it. I'll be 10 years in November, so. Let's go, come on, celebrate. I hope you get a cake. You didn't have to throw, get a cake, throw I, a party. I got a cake from a fan super early on, um, <laughs> and it's kind of scared me on cakes ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like what's interesting about like whenever any of us, whether it's like YouTube or whatever platform, whenever we're starting out with content, we kind of just do it as like an escape, whether that's like, to find community, build community, or just express ourselves in a different way mm -hmm. versus like, I feel like now, like everybody's like, oh, I only want to do this if it's 
um, if it goes viral for this, this, like I remember talking to someone who was like, oh, I only tweet like if something's funny. And I was like, oh, really? Like I treat Twitter as like my open diary where you get a lot of random thoughts where I'm like, I watched SpongeBob for five hours today. (laughs) Like just random thoughts. That's a banger right there. (laughs) Honestly, a SpongeBob. (laughs) Like I could, I could talk about that. Like I look for an excuse to bring SpongeBob up in a work setting. <laughs> and here we like, are talking about it now. So, like, here we close. go, boom. <laughs> yeah, it's so but bizarre because like, people talk cool. about it now. Like, what do kids want to be when they grow up? And they say influencer or like a YouTuber is their go-to job. And it's so bizarre that everybody knows that it's a job now. And I, I feel like that kind of it taints it a little bit. I, th- I still think there's a lot of people who do it with their heart in the right place, but there's a lot of people who do it with the intention of making it a job now, whereas a lot of people from my generation of starting YouTube was just depressed, lonely idiots in their bedrooms who had no other prospects going on. And then we just started yelling into a camera and people started watching. <laughs> and I feel like it came from a, a very genuine, sincere, sort of like innocent place. And now the the industry has evolved so much that there's so many people who get into it who are like, I'm in one year, I'm going to have a million subs and I'm going to be making X amount of money which is great. Go for it. Get the, get your grind, I guess. But it's, it's so hard to find the people who are just doing it for the sake of like fun and loving it in their bedrooms who don't really care if they're not making any money off of it anymore. And the production value on it is so high and the, everyone kind of understands what an algorithm is now. Back when I started it, there was no copyright system. There was no algorithm talk. There was no sort of demonetization, ad suitability, anything like that. So it's sort of weird to see where it started and where it is now. And I wasn't mm-hmm. even at the very beginning of it, like a Smosh or Ryan Higa kind of people. So I'm sure by the time I started, they were like, man, it wasn't like that when I started. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I feel like that's also so true. It's like back then, like we were all just like making content for fun and like whatever. And now like, I feel like everybody is like, oh, we have to have a content. We have to have our content creation days. We have to produce mm-hmm. like, this X amount of videos and stuff. And I feel like that's just, that may, might've been sustainable back when we all were like starting, but I feel like now that's not healthy. Cause it's like, everybody gets burned out. Everybody gets tired. So yeah. it's like that negative feeling like you have to like constantly be putting out videos and content and stuff. It's just kind of crazy looking at it now versus back then of like bouncing burnout and all that. stuff. Yeah. And I think the quality of content that's on the platform now is the best it's probably ever been because you get, you get so much information and so much content in a shorter span of time. Back then it was like upload a 10 minute video and it's unedited and I get nothing done in a game and then tune in tomorrow for another episode. And that was it. Whereas now it's like entire games in one video that people are doing. So I think there's a lot of positives to say for it as well that, there's no right or wrong in it. Like th- the way I started doing it and somebody starting it today, even if it's completely different, it just brings a whole new plethora of types of content. And I'm I'm glad that more people know what YouTube is so I don't have to explain it to anybody in the room <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I feel like also like with all the different platforms, like today we were talking about like how there's now Be Real and all these other mm-hmm. ones to keep up with. And I know like you also do Twitch streaming. Like, do you ever feel like there's like a, pull of how to balance between like YouTube and Twitch and other platforms. Like I feel like now it's like you have to kind of save face on all of these different platforms yeah. and interact with your audience and all these versus like back then we only like YouTube and Instagram were pretty much it. But now it's like, we have so many 
streaming platforms where people expect you to be. So like, how do you make all that work? Yeah, I mean, back then YouTube was all you really needed. Like people would upload to Instagram just for fun. It wasn't about paid partnerships and it wasn't, a, I mean, Instagram has just become a nightmare right now with like, you have to pay to reach more people and like none of that existed back then. So it's, it's trickier to do it now. And if you want to be everywhere and you want to grow more, you have to be on all of these platforms. I say have very loosely, but I think people these days, they, they want maximum exposure of what they're doing. And because things have shifted so drastically on YouTube that the growth metrics are very different from when I was back then. Like getting 6 million subs in a year was like, oh my God, what, who is this person and how are they growing so fast? And nowadays people are getting 2 million subs every month. And that's, <laughs> it's just <laughs> kind of staggering how many people are on each of these platforms now. And even getting, getting a million subscribers on YouTube these days isn't even that big a deal anymore. And I remember that was the bar to hit. Mm -hmm. And now we have yeah. multiple thousands of channels hitting 10, 20 million regularly. So I think just for the sake of growing and for the sake of getting your brand out there and the sake of being everywhere all the time and trying to grow everything, I think there's a lot of pressure for people to be on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, be real, which I have no idea what that actually is. Yeah, I don't know what you just said. <laughs> yeah. so, there's, there's so many things out there and people are just trying to cross-pollinate everywhere. Everyone just wants to be heard. We live in a, a weird place where everyone just has a voice that they want people to hear them and they want to be known and they don't want to feel like they're lost in this sea of people that are all saying the same thing all the time. So everyone wants to feel unique. Everyone wants to feel like what they say or what they think is at least making a dent in the world somewhere. And I feel like that's that at the core of it is the same as what I started off doing my channel on. It's just feeling like I was lost. I want to have some sort of voice. I want somebody to hear me and to listen. And I, I feel like that will probably never change. That's kind of human nature. And I feel like that has to be like the center of, any content or anything you put out there, because if you just start doing stuff just to do it, people can read right through that and know like, okay, like he's currently only doing um, this live stream of Halo because he's doing a brand deal. Like he doesn't play this game, yeah. but if you're actually like passionate about what you're doing and putting that content out there, it's like, you can't just center it off like, oh, well people like you kind of, you have to do just what you like to do. And then yeah. your tribe will find you. Yeah. And I, I mean, a lot of people like to begrudge people for doing that kind of thing where it's like, oh, you would never play this game normally. But at the same time, it's hard to get sustainable income when you do this type of job and how much of it changes all the time. So if somebody comes to you with a game that's even remotely interesting and then because people always see the ones you do, but they never see all the ones you turn down. So it's always mm -hmm. <laughs> it always looks weird <laughs> for anything you do. But at the same time. I mean, I'm not going to begrudge anyone trying to make money on the internet, however you want to do it. I Some things I would never do myself personally, but that would be putting my value system on them, which is they're a completely different person and I shouldn't begrudge them as much. At least 90% of the time, I'll think that. I'm human. I'll, I'll judge someone harshly out of nowhere for no reason sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I'm some perfect person. It's like me see somebody use like a different type of like creamer than I use in my coffee. I'm like, how dare they use? That's me seeing anybody <laughs> use any creamer in coffee where I'm like, I take straight black coffee. So I don't like you. <laughs> oh, well, and speaking of coffee, and um, can you Perfect tell us segue. how you're <laughs> natural. Look, at segue. Look at me. Look at this. <laughs> my neon sign is on, right? Okay, cool. <laughs> 
much. <laughs> how did you come up with the idea of doing that? Because I feel like nowadays it's so hard to like think of, okay, how do I extend my brand off mm. of my platform or whatever and pick a venture, pick something that I'm truly passionate about that makes sense. So like, how did you come up with the idea of like doing um, coffee and like going into that area? I, it, it weirdly it happened naturally, but then all at once at the same time where I've just been, I got really into drinking coffee because of the game Alan Wake, because it was very inspired. It was like about the writer going out and discovering basically Portland, Oregon. And he kept talking about <laughs> coffee and drinking it black. And it was, it was all Twin Peaks references and they all talk about coffee in that show. And I remember thinking about it, like the idea of drinking just black coffee and being like, yeah. I drink my coffee black in the morning because I'm better than everybody else. And I I started drinking it that way and I hated it. It tasted like what the bottom of someone's shoes would taste like to me. And then I just forced myself to really like it. My dad drank coffee a lot as well. And I was like, I want to be cool. I want to be a man, you know? <laughs> and I, I started drinking coffee that way. And I just forced myself to like black coffee to the point where... It's like if you drink it enough and then going back to milk or sugar, it just tastes weird and I don't like that anymore. So I got through it that way and I've just been drinking coffee all the time and I would make jokes about it in my videos. So people always knew that I was into coffee naturally, that I would drink a lot of it. And I basically coffee was my personality for a while. <laughs> and oh, I was thinking about what I could make outside of YouTube and like we've done clothes before. I've done my own line of like Jacksepticeye and PMA stuff. And then I started cloak with Mark and everybody was kind of doing clothing and merch and different things like that. And I was like, I want to do something different. And then Ryan Reynolds was doing aviation gin and I am such a huge sucker for anything Ryan Reynolds does. And I was like, man, what if I made a whiskey company? And I was like, ah, it's, that that seems like a lot. It's hard to make whiskey, and especially whiskey that tastes good. And half my audience probably wouldn't even be able to drink it. And age <laughs> laws and alcohol laws everywhere. It's just a nightmare to deal with. So I leave that to Ryan Reynolds. And then I was thinking, I was sitting around one day and I was thinking about coffee. And I was drinking, I was like, why don't I start a coffee company? And then I thought, top of the morning coffee out loud. It's like, well, now I have to make it. That name is way too good. So I kind of just... After that point, I was like, okay, I have to do this. It's stupid if I don't do it at this point. And we started looking up top of the morning coffee and no one had that name. And I was like, this is, why? Why doesn't anybody have that name? Either I'm a genius or everybody else is an idiot. So we just ran with that and started it and then launched it. And thankfully it's been very successful so far and everyone's loved it. And it's one of those things that coffee is so specific to people that I made a coffee that I thought I, I tasted as so many different types. And then I was like, I like this one, but who knows if everybody else will like it? Surely someone will like it. And then when I released it, thankfully, a lot of people said that they really like it. And everyone's moms for some reason. Everyone always messages me saying that they got it for their mother and their <laughs> mother loves it. So... Oh I, I might have to rebrand to Top of the Mother Coffee at some point. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> no, that's so funny because, I. first of all, I love coffee. And I had um, black coffee this morning because I was talking as I was at a meeting and I was talking. And usually I, I have to, like, focus on my coffee to, like, dress it up. But, like, mm -hmm. she kept talking to me. And so I was like, crap, I can't, like, focus on the coffee. So 
guess I got to drink it black. And so like, she's still talking to me and I'm drinking it black and my face is just like <laughs> turning and I'm just like, mm-hmm, yeah, ooh, sounds good. I got to dress my coffee up. I need half and half. I need cinnamon. I need... <laughs> Taking coffee on the first date every morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, look, I take it on a first, second, third. I'm taking it to, I'm taking it to meet the parents. Like it's going, it's going first. It's going to the bar. See, this is what I love. Everybody, it's like... Everybody has a different type of coffee. And I think that that's what's so fascinating about it as well. Because I love the process of making coffee as well, almost more than drinking it sometimes, where I just start the day, you get into that meditative zone, you you know how you like it, you know how it's supposed to be done, you get that smell, like sets you up for your whole day. And I think that that's such a, a special thing. Because if you do that with whiskey in the morning, then you're weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, you could, but it's like you said, like, um be interesting yeah like. it's like day drinking <laughs> but respectfully <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my gosh but um like and i saw you also have like teas and hot chocolates mm-hmm. like i have my eye on the peppermint one like I love, oh it's I, good it's weird i only like peppermint hot chocolate in december if I, it's like january 1st i'm like i can't do it can't I, do it i don't understand <laughs> I'm, i feel like i'm the only one who likes mint chocolate and mint ice cream and everyone else is like tastes like toothpaste I'm like, if my toothpaste tasted like that, I'd be eating toothpaste all day, every day. And I feel like that's aggressive. Like, let's relax. It doesn't taste like toothpaste. It's just like, I don't like chocolate mints. And that is a hill I will stand on till the end. It does not belong. It's just, but mint chocolate chip ice cream does. I will allow mint chocolate chip ice cream, but mint chocolate mints, just no. Yeah, peppermint hot chocolate though. That's, that's fire. Yeah, that, that's good. Now, do you use water or like milk and cream? I'm like, not a vibe? heathen. Of course I use milk. Warm milk, hot chocolate. If you're drinking it with water, I mean to each their own. Sometimes you don't have milk. Milk is expensive or you're lactose intolerant. But stick oat or almond or something in there. Don't be putting water in it. What do you do? Do you put water on your cereal as well? I will say that like... um I used to be one of those, like, I used to be, like, a hardcore hot chocolate person where, you know, like, the, like, instant hot chocolate, like, Mm -hmm. I would make one of those, get home, play my video games, have popcorn with it, but now I'm like, you know what, I'm a decent human, (laughs) you know, I gotta put oat milk in it, you know, you know, all the, everybody who's 30 plus, we all have, like, stomach issues because we drink too much milk. Yeah, everyone's (laughs) lactose intolerant and we're trying to save the planet. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know... Protect the cows yeah. and utter those almonds. I used to actually think that you uttered almonds. I'm publicly coming on record saying that. Okay. I didn't know how almond milk was formed, but I used to think you had to utter Hey, almonds. no judgment here. You don't like <laughs> mint chocolate. You put c- c- milk in your coffee. <laughs> Whatever, man. Like, Everyone's you, you a beautiful flower and they're all doing their own thing. We all go differently. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I so, like, when coming up with, like, stuff like that, like, is there, like, a... Other process you do, like, I know you said, like, you have the idea, but, like, doing the ventures, like, Cloak and all the other ones, like, what in, what in, it's not, like, a long time, like, process that you think about, or is it kind of, like, the idea comes to you and you just, like, go with it? Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, the coffee one, it just seemed like such a fun idea to do, and it was just an excuse to be able to get free coffee for myself daily, (laughs) but I, I think the Cloak one definitely had a bit more to it that... I mean, everyone was kind of doing clothing already for their own YouTube brands and everything. And I was like, okay, let's, 
are we going to do one that's separate from our YouTube brands? And how is that going to go? And I didn't really know anything about the clothing business or anything like that in general. So it was a fun sort of learning curve for me to get into that. And it's been, I mean, Cloak's been out there for a while now. And it was just fun to do something with somebody else as well, to like have a company with somebody else and just kind of uh, dive into that world and see what it was like to do it beyond Jacksepticeye, like using myself to promote it, obviously, but I didn't have Jacksepticeye all over the clothing all the time. And I thought that that was really interesting and to make sort of streetwear uh, type of clothing, I thought was really fun. Um, but usually, I mean, I, I'm very picky about the things I do, even with brand deals or anything like that, or the companies I work with when I do do these things. So I try not to spread myself too thin anymore because I realize that if I'm doing a lot of things that I'm barely doing any of them. Cause mm -hmm. I have a hard time. I have a hard time working on one big project and doing my regular videos at the same time. I have a big project coming up that I'm doing where I haven't uploaded now for like a month because I'm like, I need to focus all my energy into this or it'll end up shit. And my regular videos <laughs> will end up shit and no one wants any of that. So I, my ADHD won't let me do multiple things well at the same time. So I have to kind of like pick and choose my battles and try and do those well. And even then it's a 50, 50. <laughs> I'm dead. No, I'm gonna, I can't even walk in text. I can't multitask. So I get it. Yeah. I can't walk You'd in text. You think playing like, all these games, to... I'd be good at it, but no. No, it's like I have to focus on I have to focus on one thing and just like do that all the way through. But how do you balance like pausing and just relaxing? Like, do you get to do you set it up time wise where it, you built in time to kind of just like step away from it all? Because I feel like a lot of times if we just keep going and just like do other projects, like we don't really it's so easy to get into the habit of not creating that time to like, just like yeah. rest, reset, chill and do all that. I think it comes from a huge <laughs> learning experience for me because the first time I did, it was a few years back where I, again, I got massively burnt out, hated myself, hated my content, had no idea what I was doing, didn't know who I was anymore. And I think I got big into like philosophy and trying to figure out what inner peace and true happiness and all that kind of stuff was and going to therapy and really trying to understand who I was as a person beyond my numbers. Cause I think that's another very scary thing is that if you let your work and your sort of presence online define you, then it, it'll do just that. It'll become your whole existence. And if you, when I, when you do that sort of stuff all the time and you're beholden to sort of an audience and an algorithm, you kind of have, you let that stuff take far more control over you than you realize. And also with so many people critiquing you all the time and so many people praising you endlessly all the time, there's no middle ground in it. There's always extremes on both ends. And I felt like I was being pulled back and forth between those all the time. And I had no idea who I was in the middle of it. So I, the first time I took a break, I definitely, it was a big deal. And I struggled very heavily to kind of like switch off. But I spent that time learning how to do that properly and learning what it was to separate myself away from my work. And I, I treated it as okay, pretend you've quit your job and who are you now? And then live your life as that. And that was, that made it more fun to come back because I realized, okay, I can separate out the two and not have them like merge over each other anymore. And it's, I think a lot of it is peer pressure as well. Um, financial pressure for some people who are doing it and are just getting by on this type of work and not really making like the big books as they would call it. Yet. <laughs> so for them, it's, it's very hard to get off that treadmill because there's a financial component to it. Um, but for people in my position who were established for a long time, it was sort of like a peer pressure or a personal pressure 
to constantly like keep up and stay relevant and make sure you're doing all the new games that are coming out. And it's very hard to remove yourself from that. And then it's like, well, no one's talking about me anymore. What do I do? Uh, is everyone going to forget about me? And then when you come back and realize, oh, they didn't forget about me, it makes it a lot easier to do it again and again. So I've gotten very good at knowing my body's limits at this point. And I think for anyone watching or anyone who's doing any sort of work in this space, actually, this is probably apply to everybody, but it's, it's not taking time off to constantly worry about coming back. It's not taking time off to constantly think about what I'm going to do next and being anxious about not uploading. It's taking time off to actively do the things I want to do that's not work. So I'll play a game that I've been putting off for a while personally, or watch a TV show or read a book or like all the generic things, but actively occupying my brain in a space that's not my usual space here and trying to like learn a new task or learn a new ability or get a new hobby or anything like that. Anything that's taking my mind off of it instead of constantly worrying about it all the time. Because then, you, you, then you'll come back too early. You'll come back too quick. You'll come back with the wrong energy. You'll get burnt out really quick again. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of creators say like, oh, I'm taking a break. And then they take two, two days or a week off. But they've spent that whole time worrying about what they're going to do when they come back. And then it's like, I'm back. Here's a subathon. Or here's like this massive thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to eat whatever. <laughs> like it's, it's a big event when they come back without having taken the time for themselves to discover what really went wrong in their brain to get burnt out on it in the first place. And I think that yeah. personal journey has been really important to me over like the last four years. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Because mm -hmm. I definitely, I, I completely agree with you on that about the whole like taking a break and then worrying about like what you're going to be thinking about. Like, oh, what's it going to be like when I get back to mm -hmm. work or what's everybody going to think where when I get back, like, oh gosh, I'm going to have, because like one of the spirals that I do with my anxiety is I'm like, oh gosh, like my inbox is going to be so full and all this stuff I got to catch up. Then I start working myself up about that the entire time when I need to be just like yeah. present of being at the bookstore, getting like a 
pumpkin spice latte and enjoying it, but I'm over here psyching myself up, like all the emails I have to get to and how everybody's quote unquote mad at me. Yeah. Or whatever, and it just ruins the like ruins like the whole point of like what a break or a rest or a vacation or whatever that is. Yeah, and I I kind of feel that with my content sometimes as well that it's it's basically just distractions over and over again. That even some of the people who watch my content are probably just using it as a distraction daily to get past certain things, which is fine to a point. But at some point, you kind of have to like pull up the mirror and kind of figure out what's going on and. Why am I anxious? Why am I burnt out? Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Like your body tells you all these things all the time. And I think social media is also a, a good indicator of that as well, that it's the same thing where I, I I deleted Twitter off my phone like two months ago and I still check it on my laptop or like my desktop here every now and then, but not being on it all day, every day or every like two minutes that I have free, I'm like scrolling it because it's I'm getting nothing out of it. And it's that same thing, like an inbox where you're mm-hmm. you're afraid of not keeping up with the world when really everybody else is doing the same thing. Everybody else is worried that they're not keeping up. Most times people are tweeting out stuff that's just personal to them that isn't going to affect me anyway. And it's nice to see what people are up to. But at the same time, I, I don't need that in my head all the time. Because again, mm-hmm. I'm just distracting myself from sitting down and doing work or playing a game that I want to do or hanging out with my girlfriend or going to watch a movie or like the amount of time I spend on Twitter every day, I could have spent going out and grabbing a nice meal somewhere. <laughs> and I feel like with me, I like I like the people who are like, I spent five hours. I don't have a, the attention span to scroll on any platform for like five hours. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to make it through watching a full movie on Netflix or something. I can barely finish a movie. I like make it. 13 minutes in, or that's if I'm lucky, 10 minutes in. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what kind of corks are at the park today. <laughs> and then I forget what I'm doing. Then I go down a rabbit hole of like looking at random cork. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like, just I- that's just endemic <laughs> of the always online culture, I think. It's the same thing. There's like a big wave of people watching stuff online now who have to have subtitles on because that's their way of like watching it, but on their phone at the same time. So they can like get all the information too. It's like paying attention without paying attention in a way. Or most times you can't even hear it these days. The mixing is absolute garbage, but mm-hmm. that's my <laughs> it's my sound engineer coming out that I don't uh, get too I'm, I'm mad at it. No, I'm a huge, for, like speaking of that, like, I'm a huge sound person. Like that was like one of the reasons why back in the day I never like downloaded any of the checks from those like random websites because uh-huh. I'm like, no, I need, Chris, I need to hear like the bass drum. I need to hear the like, lower eighth i need to hear all like, yeah so that's like a whole rant i could get on of why i never participated in the like limewire era because i'm like <laughs> no i need to hear why justin brought sexy back i need to hear it fully. <laughs> i don't need to i don't need to assume or make assumptions i need to know, i need to hear him say why why he brought it back yeah i mean that's me as well every time i play something i'm like hmm audio is kind of lacking in this one and everyone's like shut up <laughs> No, like, yeah, and I, I built like a, I built a home theater in my house that I've always wanted to do since I was a kid, and I I finally got it. And then I'm sitting down with all my friends. And I'm like, did you hear that sound back there? That's so cool, right? And they're like, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well at least I heard it. It's for <laughs> me, okay. <laughs> No, I, I feel that like we were in our, our friend's car the weekend and like she has like the surround sound in her car in the seats and I was playing, I think Sam Smith or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, did you guys hear the like the bass, whatever under your like left leg? And they were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, 
I'm like, you guys, Dolby's built in and they have like where you can, and they're all like, bro, we just want to hear the song. I, I just like, heard uh, it on TikTok. Like, I just wanted to hear what the rest of the song was. So, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, but speaking of people and all that, like, do you do, I know a lot of people like do the like meet and greet and like the vid cons mm. and the stuff like that to interact with their fans, but do you do anything like that to like interact with your um, followers and all that, like in real life? Like, are there any. I I used to back I the first one I ever went to was PAX East in 2015 and that was it was an excuse to go meet my friends who I just met online forever and then it was an excuse to go meet them in person but also at the same time go meet a ton of fans and go to a convention so we did that and I I went to Indie PopCon that year and it it was like <laughs> those experiences I'll never forget because Indie PopCon was 20, 21 hours of signing over three days. Oh my god! Without any breaks in between, except it was like start the day, sign all day for like nine hours, go, like go out for dinner, go to bed, and then I was like, never again will I do it that long. But it was fun to go out and meet fans and see what they were all about and get put faces to the audience and hear their stories. And it really changes your perspective when you make content when you see these people in real life, because at least for me, it was hard to be sort of narrow-minded, like coming from like such a small town in Catholic Ireland when I was a youth, like you get, <laughs> you get all of these sort of like mental systems ingrained in you without even realizing it. And I think I always wanted more out of my life and my brain when I was growing up. And I think meeting so many people in real life, like so many people of different skin colors and backgrounds and ethnicities and religious beliefs and sexual orientations. Now it was like such overload in the beginning. I was like, wow, so many other people out there that all have their own lives going on. And my life doesn't mean shit in the middle of all of this. <laughs> so, so it's, it was kind of hard to be sort of narrow minded and be entrenched in your own belief systems. And so many other people had all of these stories to tell me about how much my content meant to them. So I think that was the biggest thing I ever got out of meeting people in real life. And then over the years, I've done so many conventions and meet and greets over the years, but COVID kind of messed it all up. And then we went to VidCon in England right at the start of the pandemic. It was it was like two weeks after that, I think, lockdown started. Oh God. So I had like my birthday, VidCon, all at that time. And then I got violently ill after that VidCon where so many other people had already pulled out. That was already the beginning of people being like, I'm not going in case of COVID. And then I'm pretty sure I got COVID from that convention, like way oh. at the very start of everything before vaccines were a thing. And I have no proof that that's what it was, but it's the sickest I've ever been in my life. And then I was like, oh maybe let's not do conventions. <laughs> Every convention got canceled. And now, now the more I think about it, conventions started to become a difficult thing because you go to meet so many people, but you're meeting them in such a manufactured setting where mm -hmm. I go and I meet people at VidCon and they get 30 seconds. You go up, you get a picture. Everyone's like, thank you, sign, bye. And that's, it's not really how I want to meet people anymore. I know that people would still prefer that over nothing, but to me, it's so impersonal and impractical. And it's, mm -hmm. if we're all going to get sick by going to a convention, we're not getting any sort of conversation out of it. There's no intimacy to the sort of conversation we're allowed to have. Because the early meet and greets I would do would be, you have a signing for two hours, it would go on for five because people want oh to God. tell you their story. And now <laughs> meet and greets have gotten so like colossal over the years that it's so... And it's so impersonal to me now that I don't really want to meet people that way anymore, that I'd rather, I'd rather do something where I meet like 20 people, but we all get to have a conversation with each other and like 
vibe as we were. Um, <laughs> so I, I haven't done a convention or a meet and greet in a really long time since since that VidCon at like the start of 2020. So who knows? I'm not I'm not off them completely, but I would like to turn them into something more than just, hey, I'm here, let's meet and greet. Like you got a picture out of it, but I'd rather you get an experience out of it rather than bragging rights. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that about like people telling you a story, it made me think of like those random people that are like, yeah, I used to watch your videos. I put it on and my cat likes to eat Tris kids as you watch your play. <laughs> Where it's like really creepy. <laughs> like, no. should I be scared? I, <laughs> I mean, there have been people that have kind of like crossed the line <laughs> at meet and greets that have kind of like been, oh, why did this happen? But 99.9% .9 of people are just so lovely. They... It's a lot of them have the same story about my channel that I had about other people's channels when I started, where it's like, I didn't know who I was. I was lost. I had no community for myself. I had no friends. And they kind of find that through me. And I think that that's always the sweetest thing. And I, I've always tried to foster that in the community aspect of the channel and kind of empowering people to be like, no, find yourself and understand yourself and figure out why you have these feelings. Don't, I'm a great distraction. I'm great for getting you through like a rough moment, but please don't use me as therapy was always kind of my go-to. Um, and people are always like, man, you saved me when I was this age. And I'm like, no, that's great. That's so nice for people to say. And I don't want to take that away from them and that moment away from them. But anybody who says that is like, you're here because of yourself and not me. I can't, there's not a damn thing I can do through the internet that kind of like empowers people that much. So uh, at those meet and greets, it was always kind of having that conversation with people. And I think that meant a lot to people. And it, it definitely meant a lot to me. So that's why I would never swear off them forever. Because it's just fun. It's fun to see people's reactions to things. But I'd rather have something to do instead of... I don't, I don't want to be like a zoo animal on a backdrop anymore, you know? It's Maybe just, like it a, doesn't help. <laughs> you should host like a, I don't know, like a coffee workshop. Or like, come make your favorite coffee with me. Yeah, exactly. Or, or we've, had, <laughs> we've had like a couple of ideas with Cloak and they've done ones where we had like an ice cream truck show up and people can go and get Ooh. like free merch or, but it's all limited. And I think that that's really fun. Or we had Q&As at the start of my tour for like the VIP sessions and, it, it was a bit more personal because everyone was there and we're all there for the same event and people can like ask questions as much as they want and there's less of them so people get more time in between but yeah definitely i i absolutely want to make a coffee workshop or come hang out with me buy some coffee i'll read scat poetry in an irish accent <laughs> or something make it something fun it's like you just like read i don't know like I don't know why, but Humpty Dumpty popped in the head. So yeah. grab a cup of coffee as I read Humpty Dumpty. There's bound to be some sort of like Gen Z bedtime stories. There has to be. It's like, like no, but Humpty was giving cracked energy <laughs> sort of, you know, it's <laughs> it's giving sleep vibes. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty had a great winter. I don't know. Yeah. Hum Humpty Dumpty slayed. <laughs> I, lo I love, I don't know, every fall it does not fail. I post that meme where it's like Humpty Dumpty had a great fun. It's like Humpty had like a crack. <laughs> and he's like, just like, he's like walking around town with like a pumpkin fest latte, like throwing yeah. leaves at everybody. It's like the funniest thing. I want to see all the king's horses and all the king's men just kind of like looking at Humpty on the wall. Like, okay. I don't know what that song is that's on TikTok everywhere right now. Oh. And everyone's doing that. Okay. Yeah. Sure. 
Go off, I, I guess. Hate, <laughs> I, like, I hate whenever I like talking TikToks and like nobody knows what I'm talking about. I'm like, dead gummit. Like I'm giving you guys quality content yeah. here. And you guys are not picking up how funny I am. Like I I always work. post like trends on TikTok, but it's it's not like, oh cool, Jack's part of the meme. It's why is dad here? Why is I'm like, when did I start giving off this energy? When, why am I like uncool if I do it? But everybody, I understand the meme. I'm deep in the culture. I do it when I've absorbed it all. Now I understand it. I can do it. But everyone's like, who brought their dad? It's like his his his, his parental is this. Whose dad's is this? But like, I think what's also cool about like TikTok and a lot of like other platforms now is like how people are able to relate and like see their favorite content creators or celebrities and stuff kind of like speak out and talk about like mental health mm. or talk about like whatever they're sharing like the causes and stuff like they care for like i'm a really big um alex cooper call her daddy fan mm. i know that like a lot of people don't like her but I really that's a sentence her. right there <laughs> yeah i was like i was like i know that's like a lot of people have their things and like jay shetty i love jay shetty mm. and like one thing that's really cool about them is they're always like talking about their philanthropic efforts and like what they do to give back and stuff is that like something that you that you feel like you're that you're a lot of like a lot of times focal on about like different philanthropic stuff you do or all that stuff or do you feel like yeah i i try not to get preachy about it because i don't want it to seem like i'm just talking about it because it's just buzzwords and then it makes you look good because there's so many bad actors in this space that like you will post in front of a thing and then it's like when the blm stuff was happening and you could see the people in front of the shutdown places and they were like taking instagram selfies and then it's like i actually don't care about it i just want clout kind of thing mm-hmm. i'm always trying to like balance that act of how do i talk about it a lot so people know that i'm doing a big thing at the end of every year with thankmas but also not talk about it so much where it feels disingenuous. So it's like a balancing act in that regard. Um, and I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, when I started doing it, it was because I just, <laughs> it came from like a place of guilt where I had all of these people <laughs> coming to me, all of these people giving me so much attention all the time. I was making money off YouTube and I was like, man, I feel really guilty for all of this. And imposter syndrome hit me quick. So I was like, I should be more responsible with this and give back and at least shout out good societies and good sort of organizations that are also trying to do good stuff in the world, but don't really have a voice in in this space. And that's where Thankmas sort of came about and trying to get more people involved in it now and other creators and kind of activating their audience. And I hear so many people, so many creators talk about how they want to do charity work and they want to do something good at the end of the year. And whether it's, whether it comes from a bad place or not, at least you're still doing it. So I try not to bemoan or begrudge that at all. Um, all I can do is all I can do is take control of what I'm doing and do it from like an honest place. So it doesn't really matter as long as money's getting raised for good causes. As long as the organizations are above board, then that's all that really matters. So I, I just try and get other creators involved in it to kind of sort of rally people who don't really have a guidance of where they want to go. I'll try and figure out a good charity at the end of every year to push people in the right direction. So if somebody wants to do something good with their audience, but they have no idea where to go, how to do it, I'll sort of empower those tools to them. And that's what Thankmas has become because again, if I'm doing it and it's like, yeah, Jacksepticeye's Thankmas, everybody come to my stream. It just feels a bit more like that. Like I'm trying to get people onto my stream, like, hey guys, look who showed up now, sort of sitcom Mm -hmm. energy. 
Or Mike, it'll be far more powerful and we'll raise way more money if I get you to do a thing on your channel for your audience and I'm completely removed of it. So that's that's the type of work I've been trying to do. But I definitely do want to do philanthropic stuff for a really long time. We have uh, give back initiatives with uh, the coffee all the time. So every time you buy coffee, you do something good with it as well. Um, and I don't know. It's always just been so ingrained in me that, again, coming from like such a small town and hearing all of these stories from so many other people and seeing where everybody comes from and all the different plights that everybody's going through. I'm like, it's kind of hard not to want to give back all the time or at least shout out some sort of good initiative every now and then. And always being inspired by other celebrities growing up that have always kind of done the same thing. I always thought it was just cool. So why not? It, it also is very... It, it doesn't cost a lot to shout out a charity. It doesn't take a lot of energy. It doesn't take a lot of time or anything like that. So it, it's easier to do than people think. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of times, like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to. The people are going to think that like, it's not genuine. It's like people, people are going to talk like you could, people can turn. If you do something, they're going to flip it. If you don't, they're going to do something. So yeah. I always tell people, I'm like, if you care, just do it. It's like me. Like I love trees. So yeah. like, if you see me hugging a tree, like, number one, like, keep walking. Number yeah. two, like, <laughs> like it's fine. Like, it's it's all part of the brand. Yeah, like, it's what a weird <clears throat> thing to gatekeep is charity or anything, any sort of, like, give back. Um, and it is they're very intimidating for a lot of people because they want to go in the right direction and they're afraid if they say something about one cause, then it's like, well, what about all these other causes? Mm-hmm. Or it's like we have lots of time to get to lots of other things. We can't get to them all, sadly. But if you believe in something and you feel like you're doing the right thing, then do it. If it's not the right thing, people will let you know. You take the information on board, you use it, and you move on. If people are talking shit for no reason, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> and then you just yeah, like, you put that mm-hmm. aside and you move on anyway. As long as you're trying to do a good thing and you feel like you're going in the right direction, then just keep doing it. Yeah, people are always going to talk, so you always have to just like do you and like know what your values are what you stand for yeah let's do it in a way because like people are always going to look for something to talk about you and if if people have something wise to say then you can learn from that and kind of like put it on your armor and move forward and kind of like build yourself up with it and if they don't just put extra cinnamon in their coffee and yeah move on or or (laughs) subtweet them you know there's multiple avenues to talk shit (laughs) And like for my for my last question for like basically we talked about like empire and expanding in content creation like what advice do you have for somebody who's listening who's like oh that's cool that you do a lot of cool stuff like love the coffee man got it from my mom mm-hmm. but how do I start in this realm like what advice do you have for somebody that they can do like right now if they're wanting to start creating content or doing videos but yeah i feel like that's like the evergreen question that people ask from like the very beginning of youtube even up until now is how do i get into it because it seems so scary and intimidating it's always the same generic answer of like well just start but (laughs) at the same time there's so much information out there now i'd say look up uh youtube videos and how to start there's so many tutorials from people how to like like when I started off, I had a tiny ass webcam that didn't even shoot in 360p quality. And I used that as my microphone because I couldn't use it as a webcam and a mic at the same time. So nowadays people have phones that are better than what I started off with. So I think 
just looking up, if you want to get the tech side of it right, look up tutorials on how to get like OBS to record the best it can. If you have a decent camera, look up how to get the best settings out of it, like all that generic stuff. But also there's so many videos teaching you how to keep retention, keep people interested, how to edit better, to keep people kind of on their toes and keep people engaged in your content more because it's easy to say like, well, just believe in yourself and just start and do what you love. <laughs> but there's definitely, that was the advice for when I started because there was no, uh, people didn't understand the systems as well as they do now. Nowadays, everyone kind of understands the the algorithm and how to edit and keep retention and retention is such a big factor now. So there's so many videos you can look up on how to keep your stuff interesting, what the time factors are, like every 10 seconds, change this or that. Don't be obnoxious about it. So <laughs> I feel like just get as much knowledge as you can out of the platform that you want to upload to. If you're uploading to TikTok, I feel like that's a very different skill set than what I upload to YouTube. If you're uploading gaming content, that's different than if you're uploading podcast content or if you're uploading uh, like Mr. Beast type content. Like it all has different strengths and weaknesses to it. And I feel like understanding that is really important. And then get really good at some sort of uh, thumbnailing software. I'm not going to suggest Photoshop because it's astronomical how much that shit costs these days. Expensive. And there's very, very good alternatives online that are free. I can't remember one of them. It's called like Pix something that is free and it's almost identical to it, like down to the shortcuts. And I feel like if you get good at knowing how to make a thumbnail, that's like 60% of the battle these days is getting people into the content and how to like title stuff. So there's a bunch of different things that you can learn from. Like just do what I did when I started, which is get all of your favorite creators, what you like watching kind of copy them in the beginning. Like what, what do they do well that you like? Emulate that so you can get into the space and kind of get your voice out loud, get your face on camera if that's what you want to do. Get, get through that awkwardness and the cringy factor of it. And then when you find your own voice, you can start molding that. Like you don't have to be a copycat forever. But people always say like, be yourself and don't copy others. But I mean, everybody does when they start off doing anything creative. You have to do your influences before you figure out what you're good at influencing, mm -hmm. I think. Um, so just do that and have fun with it. Like, it doesn't have to turn into a job as long as you're trying to get better at it and understanding, like, your metrics and, okay, why did this not, why did this not slap? Why did this pop off? <laughs> Learn the lingo. <laughs> It's like you can't you can't avoid you can't avoid the flop area. Yeah, you, you, like exactly. <laughs> like <you're for> <laughs> it's like like me right now trying to grow my hair out. I'm like, you're gonna have to go through the cringe. You're gonna have to go through the flop era before you really get to the gold. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like I feel like a lot of times like people are like, oh well, this person so good. It's like bro, they're on their 200th video. Like I'm sure if you watch their first video too, I'm it, literally. I literally sent my 5,000th video to my editor to upload as my next upload. That's it's 5,000 videos. You can, I have 5,000 videos on my channel. You have none. We're not the same. <laughs> like, we're built different. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of what I talked about in my tour as well. And like the documentary that we did, the whole point of like coming from nothing. And then it's like, now here I am here. And that gap in the middle is so nebulous to people. And it's so condensed that people don't realize that 10 years is a lot of time to be doing this type of content. And I'm still not the best at it. <laughs> I'm still like really not good at understanding thumbnails, titles, like algorithms, retention, all that kind of stuff, because I just do my content differently. So I, 
I still have a lot to learn in this regard. And I feel like anyone in the creative space would tell you the exact same thing. So just get in, mess around. It doesn't always have to work out. Everything you upload doesn't have to be amazing. Like we were saying about Twitter as well. Like you don't have to upload bangers all the time. Like everything that I upload on my channel, everyone's like, I'm so proud of all my uploads. No, I'm not. (laughs) There's a good 25% of my videos that I probably can't watch because it's awful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like, when you said thumbnail, it's like, gosh, like I feel like me if I try to be like, Peppa Pig pops off with a new pancake. I'm like, that'll get the viewers in. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll get in. Well, also, so many people now have teams. Very few people start on their own and stay on their own, like, within the first year. People have editors and thumbnail artists and different people helping them out. So don't be afraid to do that either. If you have a friend who's good at Photoshop, maybe ask them for a favor. They can help as well. Or I don't know. There's tons of different yeah, ways to do it. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I'm just, I'm just existing. Yeah. Just, don't take advice from me because you might end up shit, and then it's my fault. They're gonna be like, he told me. Then you see like a thumbnail video. Sean told me I yeah. did this wrong. No, you, you have to put Jacksepticeye <laughs> in the title. Sean's gonna not pop off at all. That's a terrible SEO. Yeah. yeah you gotta like, dunk on Jacksepticeye. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, again, this is why I'm in my flop area. This is why my videos are popping off. <laughs> but Just call this episode Jacksepticeye did cocaine in a Las Vegas bathroom. And then it doesn't have anything to do with it. Just put this clip at the very start. Everyone's like, cool. And then you have your clickbait. And then boom, yeah. it pops off. And then I... like Dexerto or Tube Filter or somebody, .esports makes an article about it. They get their clicks. Everyone's happy. We feed the Everybody ecosystem. <laughs> <laughs> we get co- people's moms get new coffee yeah. everybody wins <laughs> shout out how many more people can we put in this <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but sean thank you so much for hanging out with us yeah no worries thank you this fun. all the advice i was like we'll definitely have to have you back again soon <laughs> sure. about like update on the moms and the coffee <laughs> yeah once mother's day rolls around you're gonna you're gonna want to hear my stories <laughs> let's go <laughs> Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountville Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? 
Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 